everyone. Welcome to Perspectives. Uh, we are your host. I'm Martina. This is Lisa. Yes, and welcome to Perspectives. I said that already, but anyway, uh, we just want to make sure you know where you are. And this is Perspectives with Lisette and Martina. Um, so this is what our last, it's not our last video, but it's our last one for the series, Shattering the Veil, White Supremacy in Healthcare. So this is our like wrap up uh, video recording that we're doing for this series. I personally think this has been a, a really good one. Um, and I hope other people, if you're watching this and if you're listening, I hope you agree as well. So you should leave a comment. Um, even if you don't agree, you can say what you don't agree with and let's talk about it. You know, we welcome comments, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. It really does help us out. Um, but yeah, we just gonna spend the next little bit of time and wrap up this series. Um, as I said, I think that this was a, a good one. We were able to get some, even, you know, we got really good guests. Come on, people who actually in the fields, even though we are somewhat in healthcare as well, but people who are in the field, you know, I think that was pretty good. So there we go. Yeah. I agree with you. I think this was one of the, I think, interesting uh, series that we've done uh, so far. And I think just being able to have those sort of professional perspectives. Um, yeah a glimpse into sort of even just the, the physician side of things uh, and, and, and kind of seeing it and, and the impact that uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, systemic racism and things like the biases mm -hmm. have played. And, but also from the administrative side of things, which yeah. you don't hear a lot. Of, you know, I really you think that was eye-opening. Yeah. You don't hear much because most patients just trying to get in and out. They don't, you know, they don't know all the behind the scenes. It was fascinating. Like, I didn't know a lot. And uh, <laughs> mind you, like, I was, I, I know I was part of an associate board for an FQHC. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet I still, I mean, a lot of this information was just new to me because it, it's not, I think it's not something that it's, you know, something that, you know, an FQHC wants to share all the time, right? Like, here are the, the problems, here are the challenges, here are the barriers, here's the things that happen behind the scene. Um, and I think it was just very uh, eye-opening to 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 just to see that world from uh, two very different uh, perspectives. No pun yep. intended. Uh, but just kind of seeing that, uh, seeing that, and the glimpses that they were able to kind of think, and and even just when you think about the title, shattering the veil, like there were moments where I think, like for me, it was just really shattered. I was like, whoa. I know, like. Phew mind blown mm -hmm. especially what one of the, the things that comes to mind for me was when Carmen was talking about sort of the reimbursement uh, uh, of payment and when you think about nurses and FGDs, and and I was like wait you don't get reimbursed like you actually have to pay them out of whatever grants or, or things that you kind of you know get or however you get funds like you have to pay them out of that because they're not considered whatever they're not considered to be pay like i was like so much like they're the people that are you know talking to the patient a lot of the time you know and, and having the, those interactions Enga yeah engaging most with the patient yeah that are you know and you know that the check uh 
your blood pressure that take you know sometimes they'll be the ones that take the like all these things that you know your nurses do and I'm like wow and and just even you know I think you know medical assistants and all these things of individuals who who don't aren't considered part of the team that should be reimbursed is mind-blowing to me still that is very wild and to think we're this is the 21st century and just to think that I mean well shit we're here because there's a lot of shit that's not right in the 21st century. So, I mean, just add this to the, to the ongoing list, but it is baffling to me. Cause like I said, nurses is really, you know, well, you know, when you get to a clinic or a hospital, wherever you're seeing um, your physician at, you know, usually there's like a frontline person that's probably there, you know, helping you get paperwork together. And then, you know, you might have the uh, MA that assists. You might have like another tech, or, you know, and then, and then you might get to the nurse before you get to the doctor. That might be like the immediate step before you get to the physician. And to think that a lot of that time is not being reimbursed by insurances, that's really, that's sad. That's really, it's, it's really sad. And it really, to me, just continues to just say how insurance is really just somewhat negatively leading healthcare in many ways um because to me that is you know it's that is baffling to me that you I mean you pretty much to me insurance is saying okay your time is not valuable we only uh value the doctor's time that's it so your time we don't we don't care about and that is fucked up I'm just have to say it's fucked up that is so messed up I really that is I don't know, to me, it still, even though, like, I have listened to these videos again, and, you know, written about them, just to even still hear that come out of my mouth, I still can't believe that we live in that, in this sort of world, and we live, again, supposed to be in one of the most developed countries in the world. It's not. In many, in, in so many ways, it is not. Yeah. In, in healthcare, and in a big way, it's not in healthcare, I think. Uh, one of the things that came up to me when, you know, after having that conversation and, and, and hearing it, hearing Carmen kind of share about that was really, really look into the hierarchy of things, right? Like who's considered more valuable, right? right. See the physician, you see the surgeons being the ones that are, are more valuable. And you think about the time when maybe all these things started kind of being, being created, right? Because these are things that Art that were they weren't created like you know two years ago or something like these are things that have been in place for for quite some time and you know nursing has been and I believe continues to be a very uh woman dominated field um and and you you start kind of thinking like the role that that plays in in putting the value right because we know women aren't seen they're not a lot of ways they're not valued yeah you know and and then you, you start seeing more of like um even when you and even when you go into the medical assistance or the mas you know and, and who who are the mas who yeah. is in there and i'll now i think i don't know the numbers i don't know but i'm sure i know a, a lot of people in my circles that are mas and they're you know women of color they're people of color and it's like you have these these kind of individuals and you kind of just see the hierarchy of like who's valued and who's not and the physicians will always be valued more for you know do they go extensive 
you know school and all these things and do all these things but yet they their interaction with patients is so limited and even more so when you get into the specialties right like when you start getting like that's even more limited your interaction you always yep. have physician assistants and you have all these other individuals who kind mm-hmm. of get into it and, and you start to wonder like where I'm curious to like where in the hierarchy when you start thinking more of like specialties and in hospitals like is it the same like is it the same kind of hierarchy that happens as far as reimbursement and payment like where does insurance kind of dictate that and I think it's awful that insurance get to dictate that like girl like they they get to dictate so much of what our healthcare is and it doesn't allow you know healthcare professionals to do what they do best is to take care of people Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. get them to their optimal health because insurance creates so many barriers whether it's reimbursement whether it's covering the cost of things um and and they don't let the professionals do what they're supposed to do and it's unfortunate because insurance companies have create you know are part of the problem like yeah. put out there they're part of the problem Absolutely. Um, you know and in that and I, there's a and then thinking back to Dr. Mejia's episode, I remember him saying, you know, having some empathy for those that are in private practice uh, because they're just trying to operate in the system that they're in. Yeah. Um, and it's just unfortunate. I was like, I was like, they can't even do what they want to do because I know, like, through my experiences, like, I know doctors want to help their patients, but yeah. they, but yeah. For the most part, anyway. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Um, but some of them can't to the extent that they want to because they hit a barrier. They hit an insurance barrier. They hit something that is like I can't. And it's just you know like that story I shared of like for one hundred and fifty dollars they wouldn't see my dad. Girl, for one hundred and fifty dollars from like, like years ago. This ain't even recent. No, like. Yeah. like for something we didn't even know existed we didn't even know it was there like it was just one of those things where it's like <laughs> and they're like oh my gosh for that they would they would have sent my dad home like if we didn't have if we weren't fortunate to have the funds to cover it it would they would have sent it home and he wouldn't have been seen and we would have wasted a whole other day and we'd have to set up another po- like all these things that are done and how many people just give up and say forget it I will just skip going to the doctor because I, I I can't go through all these these hoops. Like it's just yeah. too much. I got work. I got work. I got kids to take care of. I got only this was my one shot to go, and but I couldn't make it work. So I have to wait however long to go to this appointment again or whatever could happen. You know, here you talk about, you know, the the female dominance of of the nursing field and the MA field and like, you know, oftentimes uh, various technician fields too. Um, It's like female dominant to a certain point. And then often, like you said, they're often women of color or people of color. And it's just, to me, it's like, no matter what we do as women or as a woman who is of color, even a man who's of color, there's no like there's no like you can't win <laughs> you know it's like 
you know, you're trying to go and better yourself and have a better life for, for yourself and, you know, perhaps for your family, if, if, if you're supporting other, other people. Um, and it's just like, you know, every time, you know, you just, it's always, like you said, a barrier, it's a block to something. And the fact, you know, that Carmen touched on too about, you know, in order to actually teach in nursing school, you have to have a PhD. Um, to me, that still was kind of mind blowing to me that, I mean, in some ways, you know, it wasn't too shocking, but then it still is. Um, and just the fact, I believe she did touch on that, you know, because of this, you know, this may not be representation. Yeah. Um, which leads to um, not having slots for certain individuals. And it, it's just like, sometimes you can't win for losing. And just the fact that, to me, I just see it like people are really trying to better themselves and try to have a better life. And these sort of roadblocks that they run up against. And um, even from the standpoint of, you know, Carmen, who is a, a, chief, a chief operating officer, you know, these are things that she knows. And even to a certain extent, you know, she's sitting at a, sitting at a higher level. And, but there are those that are under her that are seeing this and has to go do this every day of just having this feeling of being inadequate or not enough. Um, and yeah, it just, yeah, that's really kind of, you know, what I drew from that. And it, it is. And just the fact that insurance plays such a big role in the American healthcare system. And, you know, we we talked about ACA. I mean, ACA was great for what it did, but also because when it came out, I, you know, the, the administration, the, uh, the Obama administration didn't realize how uncoordinated <laughs> healthcare is in this country, which again, is like, why didn't we know this? We, you know, we got, we got the data, you know, we know it's not coordinated at all, um, but how do we end up here? Because insurance want to have a have a say in healthcare for other people. So it's like, you know, sometimes it just feels like they're like you literally can't, you know, win. Um, and it does get very discouraging. And you know, sometimes it's just it's just really hard to kind of keep going. So I really applaud people who are like the boots on the ground and doing this day in and day out. Um, because this, this shit is tough. This is hard. And you know, I, I think I might've said it and said it in one of the videos too, that um, you always hear like, oh, there's a shortage of nurses. There's a shortage of physicians. Well, why is that Craig? I just made up that name. You know, like why? Why is there a shortage? Like what, you know, and I, I, I don't know enough about that system to have more on that but to me it's just fascinating every time you turn around you hear about nursing shortages especially now because we are still in a pandemic um and it's like why is this still a thing why do we still i mean we know why but why is this still a thing yeah as you were talking like it made me think of, of something that I, I know i've said in the past of like you know even though we could take we can take 10 steps forward we'll always be 10 steps behind yeah and and that's how I feel like the conversations that we've had had kind of represent that, right? Like, yes, have we made progress? Have we taken strides mm -hmm. forward? Yes, but there's we're always 10 steps behind because the systems were created to keep us behind, right? Mm -hmm. Like they they were just they're created. And I think um when you look at, you know, definitely when you think about 
you know, the hierarchy that we've been talking about and, and, and sort of the, the nursing the nursing field and, and you think about, you know, the the patriarchal systems, right? That those those systems, those policies, those ways of thinking that continue to to be there. And then um, you add in, you know, the white supremacy into it. And then that plays a role in keeping women of color and just men of color and just uh, out of those kind of ways to move up. And then um, even a field like like nursing, um, I remember Carmen saying, you know, there's limited slots to even get into a nursing school because there is, there's limited people that are able to teach nursing. So it's like, you know, I know, I think for, you know, to be a, a college professor, I think you need a PhD or you have to like, for a lot of different, so, yeah, for a lot you know, of them, for a lot of them, I don't know all of them, I don't know much about that, but you know, we do know at least for nursing and I know most in some other instances, you have to have a PhD and it's so hard like for if it's already hard for for us as women of color just black and brown individuals to get into college to get a bachelor's degree you know it's harder even to get a master's degree and then when you kind of look into getting into that phd like it's there's so much that just kind of keeps you and uh it's not always the dollars that keep you away from it sometimes it's just not having people help you navigate it and yeah. how to, you know, how to really get to where you want it be. And people that look like you, people that have had the experience and can, yeah. like, that's the, the bigger thing for me is to under, is, is seeing that. And even, even if you had more uh, individuals for teaching nursing, who will they be? Are they going to be more white men and white women? Or are we going to see, uh, you know, black women there, black men, uh, Latinas, Latinos, like, are we going to see them doing that so that they can start breaking down those biases and start breaking down those, that racism and those prejudices that exist in our healthcare system? I think that's also part of the, the discussion, right? To have, that's why we need more people that look like us because they can then speak on like, uh, I know we, one of the videos we, we talked about is, you know, the thinking that, you know, uh, Black individuals can withstand more pain, like, that is false, but, you know, but you're, you know, unfortunately, you know, you, you might be a white person that, that and I, I know you talked about uh, those um, white medical students that were surveyed um, and said that, yeah, they believe that. Mm-hmm. And that was like not too long ago. That was in 2016. I remember. I remember that time. Like, it's like if they're thinking that, and they're the ones that are getting into these, you know, being able to educate future medical professionals, like those biases continue to perpetuate because you then don't have someone that looks like you, Martina, or me, or, or others to say like that is false. We feel pain just like everybody else. just like everybody else honey just We're like you're gonna continue perpetuating this like this is false it's been proven false how do we ensure that um that that is and 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 that's part of that having that those systems not in place those those opportunities not in place to happen because we have systemic racism and institutionalized racism and what the hell are they teaching what the hell are they teaching in medical school that that is something we probably will we'll explore. Yeah, yeah, because it's like this this don't make any sense. In 2016, this is not this is not that long ago that oh. 
this happen where we have white students who saying that they thought that their black patients or black people in general do not feel pain the same as white people. This is so ignorant. And I can't believe, you know, and it's a lot of work to get into medical school. Okay. It is a lot of work to get into medical school and it's a lot of work to stay in there and actually finish it. Um, and the fact that these people got in, like, I'm like, have they always thought like, have you always thought like this? Or is this something you learn in medical school? I'm just like really fascinated. That's a good question. That is. <laughs> and if you somewhere along the line of this medical education that you're getting did this come up somewhere where did this come up i mean you know i need to go back and look at that more, more old white man tell you that maybe so because i just feel in 2016 this is what you're thinking as a medical doctor going out into the field like this i that's was like what the hell are they teaching or did you know this before? I don't know. It's just really mind-boggling about that because it's there's 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 no reason um, that should be a belief. Um, it, I mean, a hundred, hundred and fifty years ago, maybe, but not now. Like I just um, not that close to like recent times. There's really I don't get enough. I don't really see. I can't even talk because it's so. This is fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, it's just, I feel like this should not be happening in the 21st century in our American medical school systems. And again, but you know, like we always say, that's just another thing that needs overhaul too. You know, um, it is. And it's, I do, I'm actually, you know, I'm probably going to look more into that because I want, I think that was at the University of Virginia. I need to double check that. I want to know how did this topic even come up? Like, did somebody say something? Was this like, this got started somehow and made it all the way to being published. So this, yeah, it's, yeah, I am going to investigate. But if anybody listening or watching have any insight or have additional links or videos or documentaries about this, I love documentaries. Lisette loves documentaries. Love documentaries. Let us know because this is, this is really fascinating. That's, that's all I can say about that. It's fascinating. It, it, it's fascinating it's frustrating uh in a lot of ways because you're like i can't believe we're still talking about this we're still talking about how uh how some you know some might not feel pain like no if it, at the end of the day we're all human like we all got to say well honey we all got the same level of skin okay <laughs> we <laughs> your level and my level of skin you know we got the same number layer <laughs> it's, you know it's it's just their shades are different. That's it. The shades are different. But you know, you know, and again, this is why we have this channel. It's still, you know, it's like, why is race still an issue? Race is still an issue. You know, it's so much an issue that we have other countries and other parts of the world. They come here and people, people want to put them into a box. We have talked about that too. And I mean, people come here and they like, well, I'm just whatever. I, that's not how we identify, but don't get me wrong. There are certain countries that do have race issues. I'm not saying that, but it's just so evident here in the United States. And the fact that I hear people talk about, well, I don't see race and well, y'all keep making it about race, but that's because y'all keep making it about race. Okay. Um, I was getting ready to get heated. Go ahead. Girl. 
<laughs> go ahead. You got things to say. I don't want to cut you off. No, I was just really like, that was a tangent, but it's all related to the healthcare. I'm <laughs> it's just amazing <laughs> that about race. It, it it plays it's played such a huge role in in healthcare. Yeah. Who gets healthcare? And and you know, we talked about how you know, was it 1899, they, they were talking about how your s- social conditions also impact your health outcomes and not just your genetics. And here we are in 2022, oh, still talking about it, still trying to fix it, figure out, but it's like, how are you going to fix something when you can't even change the policies and the systems that continue to perpetuate racism against mm-hmm black communities and and, and brown communities and any community that is not considered white into this European whiteness perpetuate our our country and across the globe uh uh essentially and it's like and we're still talking about it like it's it plays such a huge role in in a lot of of systems not just healthcare but in a lot of other sectors um but I think because we're in healthcare I think it's it it's really that and it's unfortunate because healthcare is so important right like without our health like we can our quality of life can be lessened and and this and there's just so many things that impact it and for us to still be talking about social conditions which uh are 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 now called social determinants of health uh which is you know your environment and your education and access to healthcare, you know, and, and nutrition and access to food, all those things that are considered that impact uh, your health and where you live and all those things. It's like, and to know that it is really based on your race or the color of your skin or whatever biases white people have towards anybody that doesn't look like them. Cause it's, it's there. Like, it's just part of it. Like you can't get rid of it. If you, the optimal thing is being blue eyes, blonde hair, and fair skin. Like that's mm-hmm. the epitome of what you know is considered perfect. And like, oh my gosh, the optimist race and like what you look like. And you even have hierarchy within whiteness, like blonde, blue eyes, fair skin. But if you deviate and have dark, you know, dark hair, whether it's black yeah. or brunette, like there's even like there's even hierarchy within whiteness. Like yes. Which is not talked about enough. <laughs> that is not talked about enough. The hierarchiness in, I guess, white co- girl. Do they have culture? I don't know. White people have culture. You let, viewers, listeners, y'all let us know. I don't know. I don't know. Before I say white culture, I don't know. But they know. But some people say. I think they say like American. Maybe American white culture because, like, I wouldn't consider, like, Irish culture white culture because there are people who are Irish that are not fair-skinned so it's like or you know I know people try to say well you know we have uh Irish blood or German yes but that's we're not talking about ethnicity that's you know we ain't talking we talking yeah talking about here you know um yeah that is mm. Yeah, that is. I would love to know about. That's a future series. American white culture, but you know, to to kind of you know talk about again like race and healthcare. I mean, even so much so, black people and women. I think uh, there are just certain ailments that are just tied to black people. 
like diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, heart disease. I mean, also women, women are like number one in heart disease too. Uh, you, I, I know you do know that. Um, but I, it's like, but why is that though? You know, like why are so many black Americans we are the highest in like all, all the comorbidities, yeah. you know, and people just, you know, they want to say, well, you know, it's the food you're eating. Please don't eat that cheeseburger. Don't eat those fries. You don't, don't have that milkshake. Okay. Yes. You know what? Maybe you shouldn't have three cheeseburgers in one day. Okay. But at the same time, it's also a product, like we said, it's a product of your environment. You know, it's like, because I'm, I'm not saying that all Black people who have, have these comorbidities, um, and I'm not saying that all Black people who, who have them uh, come from a neighborhood that you would associate that with. You know, it, that's not, you know, I don't want to put people in a box, but white supremacy does put people in a box. It does. But even yet, like so much, like I said, it just feels like people just associate those illnesses with Black Americans. You know. And yeah, to me, it's just like, it's so much more than just that though. I really, you know, like we're saying, we've been talking about social determinants of health for hundreds of years now. We didn't call it social determinants of health until fairly modern times, but this has been an issue. Where you live affects a lot of your outcomes in life from health to education, to housing, your financial status, it just all, you know, the social economic um, statuses. And I think maybe healthcare is starting to really consider these, these others outside the four walls of a hospital um, and really understanding the different social determinants of health, you know, um, coordinating of, of care. That's a big one. I mean, I know Carmen spoke about you know, having uh, how, how important it is to have someone who speaks the same languages as, as you, you know, you might leave her facility and need to go to a specialist who don't speak your language. That's a social determinants of health problem. That's, you know, that's an issue. Um, and so it's just really, yeah, it's just in the United States, we have really designated certain illnesses to certain groups of people. And I'm not talking about ethnicities because there are certain ethnicities where certain diseases are more or ailments are more prevalent. Just mean like around race. No, you bring, I think one of the things that I, I was thinking as you were uh, sharing was, you know, sometimes a lot of times, you know, Black Americans were forced to live in certain areas, right? Like you're forced to live here. You're forced to kind of only have access to certain things and, and, and not have access to everything. And I think that has, has, I mean, when you look at that and the history and where we're at today, that has played such a huge role in, in, in health, right? And what you have access to. And, you know, when you, when you think about, when I think about like what's around me and walking distance, like there's a corner store where I can get some chips and some soda. Yeah. Um, pop because y'all were in the midwest it's pop or chicago i don't know and then and there's the south we just say soda or coke everything can be a coke in the south it's just a kid. It's true. i've heard that I, it, it tripped me out the first time i heard it, I was like, what flavored coke you want i was like 
Sprite. I don't want a flavored vanilla. Like, what are you talking about? You're like, and they'll give you vanilla coat and be like, well, you should have said you wanted Sprite as your flavor. What is, but that's okay. That's for another day. But you know, like that's you know, like there's you know, there's uh fast food places and, and there's all these things that are around me, right? And um, so it's it's being that, and people say, like, we well, can just move out. I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you got money to right? Do you want to pay for them to move out? I was like, you got money for that? Like, yeah. Like, how is that going to work out? Like, how do you just up and leave? And why should I have to move somewhere else to have the same access that others have access to? Yeah. Whether it's healthcare, whether it's looking at food, whether it's looking at uh, the walkability of your neighborhood, right? Like, that plays a big role in health. Like, can I go outside and feel comfortable enough and safe enough to walk around um and safety is not always silence Safety could just be that there's no cracks on the sidewalks i'm not about to trip out here walking because people think you live that, on a busy street that yeah. might be something to watch out for you know say because there's car like it's a busy street yeah. all these other factors that come into safety you know and uh, unfortunately, a lot of times when you say safety, a lot of people think well, straight to violence. Violence, it's guns, it's the gang. Yeah, gang violence. Oh Lord, especially especially if you're in Chicago. Yeah. Like we have other types of things that happen that are violent, unfortunately, that are not gang related. Mm-hmm. Okay, that doesn't involve guns. Oh, there's so much, and I think it's it is regulated and it is impacted by the color of your skin and your race. Mm-hmm ethnicity like that's just the the reality of things um and health you know and, and that's healthcare as well you know they even going in say you go into a private practice and they look at you they make an assumption of what you can afford yeah. that you may not be able to afford this yep. you you know you don't have the right insurance like people make so many assumptions of what you walking in um and it is scary. Like I know I I am fortunate to have access to uh you know private practices and, and but it is always I'm always looking for a doctor that looks like me. Yeah. Or that is just someone that isn't white. Like I, you know, and if it is white, it better be a woman, you know, like <laughs> I'm like now I have a few I can count probably on four fingers how many male white doctors I have, but the majority are women or they are uh, of color. Yeah. So it's like, so there's that because there is that sense of they'll understand a lot better. Um, I'm going to, and I'm hoping that they create a much more welcoming environment when I step into their practice. Because um, I've gone to some other, you know, other practices, and and you don't feel welcome. You you mm-hmm. you feel the the, the, the just uh, eyes on you, just the, eyes watching. The judgment of like, mm-hmm. yeah, she may not be able, like. I wonder what kind. Like you could just tell they're they're asking like, what kind of insurance she has. I wonder she. Can you afford to be here? You know, and it's like. Because, you know, I work downtown, a lot of the times I'll find my doctors downtown because it's just easier for me to, like, go. And, and, and there is still that, that um, 
that sort of judgment in people's eyes when you walk into sort of a, a place and a healthcare place and it's like and then you show them your insurance I'm like oh, okay yeah you can yeah, no it's all dandy then then it's like well yes let's run Please all come here give us your money <laughs> let's, let's run all of the tests that you want yes but you know it's so but again you know race plays such a huge role into it and, and biases and, and prejudices and, and, and racism has played such a huge role in care that it, it's sad. It's just sad. And, and the fact that, you know what, I, I, it also plays a huge role in, into why we don't even have universal health care. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Like, a, a huge thing is, is race. It's racism. Like for me, it's racism. Like y'all are racist because y'all be saying the universe like it's it's not it's not about that we can't afford it it's not it's like it's because you're gonna pay out of pocket for people that don't look like you that you feel that you're paying like your taxes are going towards mm-hmm. people that don't look like you and, and and they don't deserve it like nobody deserves it they should you know pull themselves from their own bootstraps we hate that phrase I hate it. I um but yeah. that's the sentiment that a lot of people think and you know i think if this was a a completely just like a white country they would have had universal health care yeah that is a good point you know that is you know that is such a good point and it just well it makes me you know i would say the federal government at least at that level they do what they want to whom they want when they get ready mm-hmm. so yes would universal health care be something that's difficult to do it might be but is it worth doing yes it is that's not how the ACA is set up. <laughs> and it's like, hey, but you know, when the United States wants to go over here and uh, take all this oil from countries um, that we don't hear about, but we know that they do, or they put kids in cages, um, they make that happen and they know about that. <laughs> but you can't give people universal health care. And, you know, I've talked about this before where I think, you know, just hear, hearing you talk about, you know, in your neighborhood, you have like the corner store, you go get you some chips, you go get a soda, you might have, you know, I don't know, one of these fast food places. Um, But where's the grocery store? It's probably 20 minutes away, um, 30 minutes away, you got to catch maybe two, three buses to get there. Ain't no Uber, because that's kind of expensive. And that's if Uber comes to that area, not saying that they don't, but they may not. Um, and this is not your era, I'm just saying in general. Um, but I just like, it, it's just, it just really me, make me think that this country at times just doesn't care about all its citizens. <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's very evident, but it's just literally, it is about race because why can't we get universal health care? or at least something equivalent to that. It, hey, if you don't want to call it universal health care, because I think that name freaks people out. I, I think it might freak, freak folk out. You know, they really do. I Maybe. said to all, I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know what the fuck you want to call it. Call it something else, but let it give health care to all people. Because, you know, Dr. Mejia talked about this in either his first or second video. You know, there's a privilege um, that you and I have because we do have pretty pretty good insurance and we can go through that selection process and pick like you can pick a latina gynecologist i can pick a black dermatologist i you know we have that privilege to be able to do that um whereas 
sometimes people don't have that privilege, especially because of the communities they live in. They have to just go to who's available. And that's if they can get in because there might be a wait list because you probably got one or two doctors at like a small clinic trying to see everybody and they can't get everybody in. I mean, I mean, the same thing goes with dentistry, therapy, all of it. You know, there's free clinics or free services out there, of course, yeah. And some of the really good ones, they are able to get past wait lists because they are very streamlined and things are very, just done really well. So there are those out there. But for the most part, it takes a lot of resources. As we heard Carmen talk about, it's a lot of resources that goes into a clinic, especially one if you have a sliding scale or if you're free, there's just a lot of different resources and it brings you back to healthcare being a business. Like this clinic gotta be able to function. They gotta be able to pay their staff, you know? And it just, it's almost like it comes full circle. It really does. I mean, I think that that healthcare as a business uh, sort of conversation that we had really with both Dr. Mejia and, and Carmen uh, in, in, in sort of different levels, but just the, the fact that that is a thing and it's a reality, right? That, that you have to find ways to um, ensure that, you know, you see enough patients so that you know you're going to get reimbursed to cover the cost of your operating costs. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? You're, you're going to see them for shorter amount of time, like, you know, that 15 minute window. And it's so true. And I think even, I think it even trickles into private practice. Oh, it does, yeah. You know, like, they want to see as many patients. So, of course, they they over uh, book, like, you yeah. know, you have, and then you're you're there waiting sometimes. Like, I know I've gone where I'm waiting, and it's like, y'all, I made a 7 a.m. appointment for a reason, like. So I can get in and out. Why am I here at 10? You know, and, and, and you're waiting, and then you, you know, you kind of go and you see, you know, you see the nurse or the MA and then you speak to the physician maybe for like 10 minutes. And now you see a lot more, um, what are they? Uh, registered nurse. Oh my gosh. Do you talk um, uh, about nurse's aid or we talk Nurse's aid, a nurse practitioner. Oh yeah, nurse practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, they're kind of like they can prescribe and do all these things. You see a lot more nurse practitioners. Oh yeah, more so than you actually see the your your physician, which is just like uh, another conversation. <laughs> that is such another. You know what? Because that's so true. It's like, and don't get me wrong. I've had a few uh, PAs, but it's all. It's just almost like, but I'm coming here to see the doctor though. Like you, cool. I I like you. But I'm coming here to see the doctor, uh, particularly the MD for a reason. And I get, I have to meet with you. Okay, cool. But like, why is the doctor so busy that they can't see me, you know, or I can't get in to see them. So they got to create a whole field (laughs) of physician assistant. I remember a few years ago, that was such a hot, lucrative career. I don't mean, I don't know if it still is now, but I remember when it like, I was hearing about it, I might've been an undergrad. And now I know a few friends who wanted to go that route because it was like, they could make really good, I mean, they make good money. Um, and it was just a very lucrative field to go into. But it is so true. Like there are so many physician assistants, but what about the time with the doctor? It's not there. 
you know, sometimes when you call the lights, you're like, oh, you're going to see the nurse practitioner. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's fine. Like, you know, all right. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. And, but side note, and not too much of a tangent, I was watching a, a documentary, as I typically do. <laughs> it was at the documentary, documentary, I can't even, I can't even talk right now. A documentary or TikTok. <laughs> I knew it was going to be one of those two. <laughs> Um, and they were talking about how uh, nurse pr- practitioners um, that we would have like much more access to to like healthcare if they would allow them to open their own practices. But because they don't get reimbursed yeah. through insurance, and I guess they get reimbursed or paid through like the physician or something like that. Like I, I don't remember exactly. Um, they have to like work within like a, a practice where they can't open the, their own because they're not reimbursed. As we know, nurses aren't reimbursed through insurance and all these things like they can't get reimbursed. And I was like, that is dumb. That is the first, I did not know that. I always thought that physician assistants can't operate on their own because, um, oh shit. It really, I've lost that train of thought. I didn't know it had anything to do with insurance. I thought it because like, they couldn't operate outside of a, a of an MD. They had to be with paired, kind of paired with an MD. I had no idea uh, until now. I think that I think that light bulb went off. That like their reimbursement, like their reimbursement for like whatever is is tied to the like the doctor, the MD, like some like that's what I was. Lies have been told, been told lies. I did not know that. After I saw like this snip because I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw this snip yeah. and I got mad and I turned it off because I always get mad and I turn off documentaries because then I'm yelling at the TV. <laughs> but I was like, that's something that I I, I definitely want to research more. If if you're listening or, or know about that or know any NPs, like yeah, are you one yourself? If you're wondering, like, let us know if that's if that's the reality. How does that work? Because I was very surprised to hear that. Cause I was like, cause they're like, we would have much more, you know, more access, you know, they're like, yeah, are there limitations to it at MPS, but they can do a lot more than just, you know, in, they'd be able to open their own price, but that one of them had mentioned, like, I can't because I'm not, I'm not in the reimbursement system. So I can't go and open my own practice. No, that's, all, that's, that, that's a shame. That's all. <laughs> the lies we have been and you know I won't I mean yeah some of these are lies outright lies that people have been told about different things and how systems work but again it's because I think you know uh and I think Carmen said it at the end of her last video ask the questions you know you are the patient and you have a lot of rights Mm -hmm. more rights than I think any of us know at times and ask those questions and understand like for some people that you know might come easier than others but you know, if you don't feel right about something or you have a question about your, about why does this cost $62 when my insurance is supposed to cover this at hundred percent, some people just flat out pay it because, you know, they don't want to go through the hassle, but ask those questions, like dig into this because nine, nine, nine times out of 10, you're probably right. And the insurance is just wrong. They wrong. Next time I go see, you know, next time I go to the doctor and, and I see and they schedule with the nurse practitioner, I'm going to ask that question. Yeah, okay. and report out. Is this a requirement? Is this, a, like, could you open up your own practice if you had the ability to get reimbursed? Like, is this a thing or 
or is that documentary lying to me too? Like, who's lying to me? Who's the liar here? Because that's really some bullshit. Because <laughs> if you got to be connected to the, be, I mean, I knew that they had to be connected to, to the MD, which is, I thought that was like, I don't know what I thought. Just thought they just had to be connected to a medical doctor because they're not a medical doctor. But it's just like, I wonder like, how do they even get paid? You know, so it's like, that's to me now that's fascinating because if you got to be go through the insurance but then like you can't get reimbursed for, see now it's like a whole like can of worms be reimbursed but the the reimbursement comes under the md so it comes know. under the doctor yeah okay i don't like that either i don't want anybody handing me my money <laughs> let me cut my own check i don't know like that oh we'll pay you but you know we got to give the money to your parents first and then right like, you know, spent all this time in school, all those nights studying. Yeah, no, give me, give me my money. Like, that is crazy. You got to go under, yeah, like you said, like, like your parents to issue your money out. Mm. Mm. Next time, next time I, um, um, yeah, I want to know. I'm going to ask because I, I, I am curious and we'll come back and, and close this loop for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely will. We're definitely going to explore healthcare more in the future this is not the last oh definitely not you know because there's so many facets to healthcare that we can talk about and and not just health disparities and the impact of rights but just so many things that kind of go go into healthcare that impact um that are impacted by uh you know racism and things like that and um and what it looks like but so we'll we'll, we'll come back and if and if we happen to forget y'all just let us know yeah let us know like if there's anything in particular because you know like you said Lucette there's just I mean healthcare medicine it's there's a lot and even science is connected to this so it's a lot that we still haven't talked about you know we really just the tip of the iceberg around you know all of this healthcare and medicine and science um so it's definitely going to be a continued conversations um yeah but anything particular anybody wants to hear or have insight on, yeah, let us know. Find us, DM us, comment on this video, or comment on the on on the pod, on the podcast you're listening, um, because yeah, there is just you know so much out there, and we're not professionals in those fields. You know, we we're going you know based off you know we have wonderful guests who are able to come on and talk and talk about this and based on our own research that we do, a little bit of documentaries and TikTok and, uh, and Google. Um, Feel free to correct us. Yes, um, that we do. But yeah, we don't work in, um, you know, all these professions and there's just a lot out there. Um, so definitely welcome people's experiences and interests. So bring it. So as we're, as we're kind of winding down in this episode, um, what are some final thoughts from from this series, Martina, from your end? Like, oh Lord, let me cross my legs. Wait a minute. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna How would you sort of wrap this up and <laughs> from your from your perspective? From my perspective, you know, I think we've been very fortunate and very blessed to have two really good guests come on um, to give us their time to really, again, like get into the nitty gritty of it. And, uh, you know, we had Dr. Mejia talk about his journey all the way from Columbia to come to Chicago 
uh, and just pulling up his whole family and coming here and not speaking a lick of English. Um, and, you know, look at him now and really hearing his optimism. That's the thing about Dr. Mejia. He's just, he's just a wonderful person in general. And when I listened to his, op his optimism in, the, in those videos, it really does, it, it does give hope. Um, because I think, you know, we have this platform and we're using it to talk about these issues, uh, but it can, it can be a lot. It can be really heavy to hear and it can feel hopeless, like we've said, but you know, we do got people out here who want change. We just gotta figure out how we gonna get there. It doesn't all fall onto one person. This is a collective thing um, and it's gonna take time. It's taken a long time to get to where we're at uh, with these issues. And I think really, yeah, to have Carmen come on too. I think Carmen really just was mind blowing to me. Just like I said, to hear like all the, all the background and the behind the scenes that you don't know that happens day to day in a clinic or, you know, what goes into uh, electronic medical records and things like that, that are very interesting. And that could be very pertinent to your health. Um, and yeah, I think again, yeah, I just stated it not too long ago, but just to be curious and and Lisette, I think, you know, you said this too, just in general, like in the United States, we don't ask a lot of our government. <laughs> we really don't ask a lot. We don't expect too much, you know, and that's really sad. And I just think, you know, we have to, we have to keep pushing the envelope and pushing the button because healthcare is too big of an issue. This is not a small, easy fix. It's not a simple matter. This is people's health. This is life and death. Uh, birth. Um, so I just, you know, we, we just got to get it right. And it's going to take time, but we got to get it right. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I know I've, I've mentioned that we don't expect much from our government. We don't hold our government accountable. Mm -hmm. uh, as much as we hold like our nonprofit organizations accountable. Uh, that's always been something. If you watched our nonprofit series, um, you will understand that we we go into into that a lot on the, in that series um, uh, about how you know we as just community as residents of this country, citizens of this country, um, people who live here, like we don't expect much, and we don't expect much because we've never have been given much or been provided much from our government like that's just the opposite. Well you feel like it's like um something that and I don't mean to cut you off but feel like they're just doing it to say they did it like they don't really care. Yeah you know, you know but I think it plays into how they, they they continue to operate and you know and it plays into how it benefits um a, a, a small portion of, of our country um so yeah I didn't mean to go on a tangent on that, but you just brought it up and it just made me think of like, we, we definitely, but in things like healthcare, you know, I think it's important for us to, to remember that we, we do have a say in things. We do mm -hmm. have the, the ability to kind of come together and, and demand more from our government, demand more from these systems that continue to uh, regulate uh, our healthcare continue to re regulate 
who has access to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's not just, uh, you know, the, the, the amounts that we pay and all of like the access to it and, and, and the ability. And, 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 and I think about, you know, pharmacy, you know, like our medicine and, and, and all those things that come into, into healthcare, what we have access to and the cost of it, all these things that um, we shouldn't have to worry about, mm-hmm. right? Like you shouldn't, be diag- you know, diagnosed with some life-altering illness and have to think about how you may lose your house. Exactly. Like, that shouldn't, that should not cross your mind. Like, that sh- you should be like, all right, I'm going to fight this and I'm going to win this fight and we're going to, you know, whatever it is and we're going to go through it and everything will be okay. Like, the, fi- the financial piece is, is not. And, you know, you have uh, places like St. Jude, that are able to help, you know, kids and, and their families, but that's not the norm, right? Like we all should have that support for whatever diagnosis we have, like, and not be afraid. Cause I know we talked about that with Dr. McGee, like you can go bankrupt if you are unfortunately are diagnosed with some, you know, illness that's going to require, you know, treatments and all these things. And I think that's a lot of what, you know, I think about like, um, what can we do to change that? Like what can be done? And I think um, it's definitely that, that starting, you know, starting the grassroots level, starting at the community level, like doing things at that level, but also demanding us demanding from, from our government, from these systems, change things to demand universal healthcare, to demand access for all of us to do it, you know, regardless, regardless of, you know, your status, regardless of your, you know, immigration status, regardless, like mm-hmm. people should be taken care right. of, and we have the financial means to do it. Like it's a, it's a one hundred percent of a lie if anybody tells me like, oh, it's, it's just gonna cost us so much. I was like, y'all have spent billions, you know, of dollars in in. in you know, bailing people, bailing, you know, companies. Girl, out. I was just about to say what you said. You, t- you know, just throughout history, we see our government stepping up and, and bailing things out and giving money and, and all these things. And I'm not going to get into the military. That's a whole other conversation. But dollars have been spent there. and We can get into it in a different episode and, mm-hmm. uh, and do that. But it's just, but the things that are really going to impact and improve the, the lives of the people who live in this country. We're not investing in it. We're, we don't invest it in our government, our federal government, our state governments. None of our governments, <laughs> local governments, don't want to invest, you know, into it, and and they expect someone else to do it. Right. And, and that's the you know, whole thing. And I think, you know, that that's just my thinking and sort of like what I've kind of learned. And um um. You know, I want to take Dr. Mejia's positivity yeah. and his hopefulness, uh, and I, I'm gonna try. I know I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. But I, I also don't want to lose this, the the sort of the, the questioning and sort of saying like, no, like we, we, I, I definitely think we can. To your point, Mateo, you said like we can demand more from every level of government to do something about this, mm-hmm. um, and. And, and it's going to take people coming together, like our communities coming together and, you know, and definitely like our black and brown and red, yellow, all of the, all of, this. 
all of us to really say like if this is important if we don't if we're tired of seeing our families going bankrupt losing money not getting the care that they need um and 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 all of that like i think we need to come together and and figure out a way to really demand this and and have that and y'all you know it's election years and all those things they all play like midterm elections play such a big role uh in that so just to get out and vote whenever it's time to vote vote yes midterms elections are much more important than your presidential election people and we see who has been in 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 like presidency in this country like your your midterm elections are much more important than you think or maybe we'll do a series on that we'll do a we series should, or go live or something like so doing like election time and yeah we'll talk about why it's important yeah let us know if you'd like to see something like about around uh midterm elections or just elections in general let us know uh either find us on instagram uh we have a facebook page uh as well that you can reach us uh dm us or just comment if you're on on YouTube, you can definitely comment uh, as well on that. But that's sort of what I think um, around that. And um, I'm looking forward to kind of continuing our conversations in the future on healthcare um, uh, and doing that. But, you know, I think we'll close out uh, our, our, our conversation today. Uh, thank you for sticking with us on the series, um, Shattering the Veil. Um, yes. We still got some shattering to do. Kudos to Martina for that great title, Shattering. I really did think that's, you know, I was going to say, that was a good title, man. (laughs) Sure. It really just put, like, this image in my head, like, of glass shattering. And it's hard. It's hard to come up with good titles. Anybody who's out here doing this, I'm creating content, we've learned as we've done it. It is, it's not easy. It is, it's definitely hard. And we're still kind of early in the game. But, yeah. It is definitely a hard road to hoe. It's a hard road to hoe, but we love it. That's why we're here. So we're here. But if you have any questions or, or recommendations, like I said, feel free to contact us. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to bringing you other episodes and other series uh, as well um, in the future. Uh, but make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're on YouTube. Make sure you uh, like us on, on Facebook and, and Instagram. Follow us uh, as well. Um, and make sure you rate our podcasts. Yeah, you know. Um, we, we love for, for other people to, to hear and, and, and learn, especially when we have these awesome guest speakers who, who share so much mm-hmm. uh, of their knowledge and, and things like that. But this has been great. Yes, it has. So. Thanks again, everybody tuning in. Uh, So enjoy, and we will see you soon or talk to you soon. Bye-bye.